This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, August 29th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, marijuana and hallucinogen use, been shrinking, reached historic highs among adults 35 to 50, is in NIDA news. According to data from the Monitoring the Future study, use of marijuana and hallucinogens reached their highest levels ever for people 35 through 50 years of age in 2022. Binge shrinking among this age group also reached peak levels. For those aged 29 through 30, marijuana and vaping reached their highest levels. Past year use of other substances, such as sedatives, cigarettes, and non-prescription opioids, revealed a 10-year decline for both age groups. Our next study, Drug Overdose Mortality by Usual Occupation and Industry, is in National Vital Statistics Reports. This report describes deaths from drug overdoses in 2020 in U.S. residents in 46 states and New York City by usual occupation and industry. The study found that workers in the construction and extraction occupation group and construction industry group had the highest drug overdose death rates. Among individual occupations and industry, the highest drug overdose proportionate mortality ratios were observed in people who worked as fishers and related fishing occupations and in fishing, hunting, and trapping industries. Our next study is in drug and alcohol dependence titled Risks of Returning to Opioid Use at Treatment Entry and Early in Opioid Use Disorder Treatment. This study seeks to determine if the outcome of medications for opioid use disorder treatment is affected by the use of other substances. The study found that use of other substances such as cannabis, cocaine, alcohol, or amphetamines prior to treatment was not associated with outcome at week 12. However, use during the first four weeks of treatment was associated with increased risk of relapse at week 12 for cocaine use and amphetamine use. Our next study, Diagnosis and Management of Toxicity Associated with the Recreational Use of Nitrous Oxide, is in Canadian Medical Association Journal. While inhalant use typically peaks in people aged 13 through 14, nitrous oxide use peaks in early adulthood and is the most common inhalant used by adults. Chronic use can lead to vitamin B12 deficiency, particularly in young people. Improvement in symptoms can occur with stopping use of nitrous oxide and by beginning the intake of vitamin B12 supplements. Our next study is in ACS Chemical Neuroscience, titled An Engineered Human Antibody Fragment with Fentanyl Pan Specificity That Reverses Carfentanyl-Induced Respiratory Depression. The authors of this study argue that though naloxone, a short-acting medication, remains the primary treatment option for temporarily reversing opioid overdose effects, Alternative countermeasures are needed. Monoclonal antibodies present a versatile therapeutic opportunity that can be tailored to synthetic opioids and help prevent post-treatment relapse. The monoclonal antibody described in this study displays high affinity to carfentanil, fentanyl, and other analogs and reverse carfentanil-induced respiratory depression. Additionally, X-ray crystal structures with carfentanil and fentanyl bound provided structural insight into key drug-antibody interactions. A new study in Journal of Addiction Medicine is titled Low-Dose Initiation of Buprenorphine in Hospitalized Patients on Full Agonist Opioid Therapy. In this study, patients were started on less than 0.5 mg of buprenorphine and titrated to a minimum of 4 mg daily. 
76% completed the initiation and 3% had precipitated withdrawal. The average morphine milligram equivalence decreased from 1,000 milligrams pre-initiation to 37.5 milligrams after reaching target dose. The study demonstrated that low-dose initiation of buprenorphine can be a safe option in inpatients on full opioid agonists who cannot tolerate an opioid-free period and should be considered in this population. Next, we have a study in The Lancet titled Misclassification of Overdose Events in the XBOT Study. The XBOT study compared the safety and efficacy of buprenorphine and naltrexone for treatment of OUD. A letter to the editor from another group of researchers analyzed the same data, and a different search strategy of diagnoses identified six additional overdose events not included in the original study. In the accompanying letter, the XBOT authors acknowledged the additional overdoses, but state the difference was not statistically significant in their analysis. Our final article, titled Cannabis Use in Perinatal Health Research, is in JAMA Network. In this viewpoint, the authors report on the significant knowledge gap that exists regarding prenatal cannabis use and perinatal outcomes. Cannabis is now the most commonly used federally illegal drug in pregnancy, with a prevalence of use as high as 25% in Northern California. The authors argue that the unknown effects of synthetic cannabinoids in this population also deserve consideration. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.